If you are stuck in the grind and don't know how to get moving, if you have lost your dream or struggled to know how to make it happen, if you have been dreaming of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life with tools, knowledge, and support that will allow you to create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from the work they do so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. This show features interviews with people who have already created success in their lives and businesses and stories about everyday people living extraordinary lives. It's time for you to add value. Our guest today is Jocelyn Bellows. Jocelyn is a breakdown to wake up coach, author, TV show, and podcast host. She works with men and women, both on an individual level and in group settings, providing tools and resources for individuals to break through their own BS. Her unique approach provides lasting results, transforming from lack to limitless possibilities for others. As a personal coach, these lasting lessons and curiosity to the human spirit, Jocelyn takes center stage on platforms, sharing her knowledge and wisdom to get to the heart of how individuals cut themselves short from their own potential and greatness. With a quick wit and enduring smile, and yes, with some bumps and bruises of her own along the way, continues to share simple, effective, and efficient modalities to calm and entice the toughest critic. Jocelyn, it is so great to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. That's great. So would you share a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship and, and what you're doing? Yeah. So my journey actually began a few years ago before today I call Colorado home. However, I moved here from Pennsylvania about four years ago and my journey into entrepreneurship really actually began there and sort of, I'd honestly say by accident. <laughs> um, so at the time I was married and my husband at the time came home one day and he said, you know, I, I really want to open a downhill bike park. <laughs> I said, what? And I didn't laugh, by the way. <laughs> it was more expletives and are you crazy? What are you thinking about? You know, what are you thinking about doing this? Like you're threatening our, our security, right? Because I was still this mindset of you, you, you grow up, you get married, you have kids, you get a job right? You work for somebody else. You don't work for yourself. Um, now, as much as I say that, there was a long stream of entrepreneurship on both my side of the family and his. You know, his mother owned her own business. His aunt owned her own business. Or his uncle owned her, his own business. His cousin at the time had his, an uber successful Pilates business in Philadelphia. And my mom grew up <clears throat> Both of my grandparents own their own businesses, and then they eventually merged theirs. So my mom grew up as a you know child of a shop owner of shop owners. So there was entrepreneurship all around us. So anyway, he comes home and he says this, and and he's he's helping he, he's heck bent on making this happen. Now a little background there. He um he was a downhill mountain bike racer for a number of years, so he's well well entrenched in the community. Um, anyway, we started to vet this out, this conversation out, and we drew up a business plan and we went to a couple local banks and banks kind of looked at us as, you know, this is way too high risk, right? They weren't going to back us. And 
we were just determined it was going to happen. So we approached a few at the time we were living in the Pocono. So we approached a few local mountains, um, ski mountains, um, with the, the idea. And we had one immediate yes and one uh, tentative yes with with some, we had some you know, hoops to jump through. So we went ahead um, and we leased the land and we, um, we scoped out what it was going to have to take to build trails because the trails didn't exist so we connected with local the local mountain bike associations who came out and on weekends and their free time they volunteered to build this mountain for us um, a friend of ours was a welder and he made the hooks for the mountain bike um, for the bikes to go up so they would be attached to the the list and head up and it was just honestly I, I'm going to summarize this because it wasn't it wasn't you know it, it seemed it seemed that all the things lined up but we still had a lot of resistance from the mountain. Like the, the employees were not exactly excited about having to work summers all of a sudden um, or work with us. Um, however, I will say, tell you that everything really did line up um, magically. You know, in the first weekend that we opened, we had, we had I think, 100 racers wow. about that week. And we were, by the, by the end of that first season, we had a, the same amount of weekly riders coming to our mountain as a mountain that was about two hours away that was 10 years seasoned um and it, we, we were entrenched in the community we knew our marketing we knew the conversation we knew what they wanted to, to see and we just kept moving forward every time there was an opportunity that could have stamped in our way we just was like no this is going to happen we're going to make this happen um and by that first season we were making national headlines Nice. So that was the first one. <laughs> um, and then um, two years later, we went ahead and opened a uh, bike shop. Um, and when and this time around, when my husband's like, I think I want to transition to this, I, my reaction was very different. Uh, I was like, okay, well, we've already had the success with the park. And we know what it's going to take, the hours it's going to take. It takes, it takes all of you to do it. Um, and it was a very, very different process I and mean, we're now we're talking about retail space we again fortunately didn't have to go with having anyone to financially back us um so it really was on our back to make it happen and we worked nights and we worked weekends and we worked every free moment that we had to get that space up and running um a month after opening the shop um, we were carrying two bike lines and we brought in a third and the first line that we had brought in um specialized they actually came in and, and threatened us they were going to leave because we brought in this other this other bike line they said it's you know you can't have all three and we looked at the very sternly and said it doesn't say specialized out there it says vertical earth this is our shop so this is what we're going to do and again you can take it or leave it and they ended up leaving and that got that word spread in the community, not just locally, but in the cycling community. And again, we we actually had a, a major article written about what happened at our shop that again made national news within that cycling community. Our names were not actually included, but we knew it was our story because it was what was happening to us was happening elsewhere. We were just in a position where we could share the information to someone who could make that happen. And it really revolutionized actually how they did their business because mom and pop shops were not gonna take 
that behavior any longer. Nice. So, so those are the first two. Um, then we moved to Colorado and six months after moving, I filed for divorce. I recognized that my life was not exactly working the way that I wanted it to. And that's really when my own entrepreneurial spirit kicked in. I'd seen the successes we'd had with these two, but again, it was in partnership. This was with someone else. And this time was different. This was time was for me to step forward in my own abilities and see, you know, everything I've been through with the divorce, with everything leading up to it, um, and who I was and who I was being and how I was behaving, those were all lessons that I had to, I, I really had to bring forward. Um, so I started my own coaching practice. And a lot of things have happened since then, but it was really um, recognizing that we have gifts to share. And when we share our own journeys and can find ways to help others connect to that so that they can uplift and shift their own lives, that's, that's the work that I want to do. And that's the work that I do do. That's terrific. Yeah, recognizing that we all have a gift and that bringing that gift forward is basically the root of entrepreneurship. And so um, really, really like that. So so what helped you in in finding your identity? As a- um, <laughs> so I'm going to call it magic. Okay, I, know it's not, I know that that's a really specific fair. term, right? And, and very, some of the people can relate to, but really it, it was a lot of magic. It was also just being aligned in the right place at the right time, right? Um, it, it really, well, so the stepping forward in creating the business. So the business name, I was actually at, um, church one day and the minister was up on the stage and he was sharing his, his story and I was sort of half listening. And then all of a sudden he said, strike a new match and something caught a hold of me. And I was like, that's what I'm called. That's what the name of that's actually the name of my business and it was like it was undeniable at that point I heard it and I knew that this was what I had to call it and I and then and within I think that week I filed my LLC and I didn't honestly know what that was going to entail I didn't know I mean the filing of the LLC was relatively easy but I didn't know what the business was going to be again this was still like early days of I didn't go through what I've been through for no reason. There was a purpose for this and it's beyond just me. And I knew that that was the only thing I knew because I had come from, um, as much as we had had success with the businesses, our personal relationship wasn't, wasn't very strong. And I was very weak and I didn't stand in my own power. I didn't stand and share my own story. I share my own voice. I kind of follow the law. As exciting as in and on from the outside, I think people could even see that, but I didn't see it. I finally had a wake-up call saying, who am I? Because the person that I was behaving, the way I was behaving in and among the relationship wasn't the person I identified myself to be. I was meek. I didn't use my voice. I cried a lot. I cried a lot and I, and I wasn't 
I wasn't standing up for myself. And I was like, this isn't, this is not the person I want to be. Who is it that I have to be? What are the decisions I have to make to make that change? And that's, that's where the ball started rolling. Um, I've forgotten the question. I think I don't think I've actually answered it, to be honest with you. Um, it just, it was, it really was getting really quiet, spending a lot, a lot of time in silence and allowing the answers to come to me rather than me scripting the answers. And it became, <clears throat> when I started to actually, I, I, I did a lot of free write, free journaling and allow the, like whatever words it needed to flow to flow. Um, and then I ended up working with some business coaches and created a, um, it wasn't a business plan. It was a vision. What did I vision of for this business to look like? And it was essentially, it was helping women just like me, recognizing that we all have power within us, but we've been told by someone else or by many people throughout our life that we're not worthy of the love or the money or the success or the personal empowerment because life keeps showing up otherwise. The trick is, is that we actually have to believe it for ourselves hmm. and let go of what someone else has told us what we're supposed to be. It's like when I said earlier, you know, I was still scripted in this idea that I was supposed to work for someone else for the rest of my life, grow up, get married, have kids, work for someone else. And I had all that and I was miserable. I had the, I had the perfect, you know, I had the house, I had the everything, I had the great job, I had the, the income and yet inside I was dying. So my goal continues to be for other women to recognize that for themselves, that they don't have to live the scripted life that someone else told them. And I'm not saying that they have to walk away from, you know, a relationship. Those can be healed. It's the relationship with ourself. That's the piece that needs to be healed the first. When we heal that, everything else starts to tune in quite a bit differently. Absolutely. So, it sounds to me like your confidence and your purpose kind of developed together. Correct. Mm -hmm. What was what was what was the most instrumental in in bringing that forward? Um, it was actually a series of events. So I um, so here we here we are in Colorado. You and I are both in Colorado. We have something called Denver Startup Week, um, and I don't know if you've familiar with it, I'm sure you are. Um, so I had attended, I got very involved in the startup community here um, before I, I started my own business. And it was really just as a, a volunteer. Um, I was just fascinated by other by other entrepreneurs, to be honest, and and the gumption that it took and the confidence and the and the no fear, right? Because we create fear in our heads. But this just piece of like, I'm just going to keep taking a step forward and take another step forward. So I, I got involved with, with that group. And then someone told me about Denver Startup Week. And I went, I think it was 2018, and it really was the best week ever of my entire life. I mean, I was out of that week. I was sailing. I still didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't actually figure that one out till a year, till I think four or five months later. However, at the time... I just met someone going into that week 
And he and I spent some time together during Startup Week, and he had a podcast. And in truth, I didn't even know what a podcast was. This is 2018. I didn't know what it was. Right. And I listened to three of his because I thought he was interesting. So I'm going to tune into his podcast and see what, what are they. I listened to three. And by the end of Startup Week, I decided I was going to launch my first podcast. I had no idea what podcast, like I said, beginning of the week, I didn't know what a podcast was. I listened to three. By the end of that week, I had a name. I had a purpose. I had 20 people that I was going to interview. Then I had to get the guts to actually buy the equipment, learn how to record, and actually ask people to interview. Because my initial was like, I want to do this podcast. I have nothing to say. And then that was a journey. I was that was a genius. I was like, I'm going to start interviewing other people because um, I don't know how to say anything. I can just ask them questions, right? And so it began there. And what I recognized is there were a number of things that were leading even up to that. Um, at the time, I was I was doing Airbnb out of my house and I was driving Uber um, because I had taken quite a bit of time off for myself after the divorce. I wasn't I wasn't in a space where I felt like I could go back to work. And I didn't know what that was. I just knew that I couldn't. <clears throat> so I was finding alternate ways to support myself. And in doing that, I, I was talking to all of my guests and I was talking to all of my, my um, passengers. I was interviewing them. I didn't know that. <laughs> and here I am now at the precipice of starting this podcast. And by the time I recorded my second podcast, the first one was, I think, my sister and the second who has her own coaching practice. And second one was a friend from high school that I had reconnected with. So these were like softballs, right? Sure. So easy though. And I cut off the second one. And I, I, to this day, I have not listened to a single one of my episodes. I'm, I think, 100 plus deep at this point, probably 150. I still have not listened to a single one. However, what that taught me was to go forward. Just take that next step. It doesn't matter. And I and I and I I think one of the biggest things I, I recommend I put out there is not to tie yourself to a specific outcome. I never cared what the numbers were. What I cared about was the message. What was the message I was putting into the world? That's what I care about. And I it wasn't until I think four or five months in to the first season, they actually started looking at the numbers. <laughs> and they blew me away. And I was oh, oh, people are actually listening. Because I wasn't doing it for an egoic reason. I was doing this because it, it filled my cup. It made me excited. And that's when I, find, when I finally started looking at people responding and coming back to me. That's when it started to come together that, again, Here's my next layer of everything that has come up for me is my lessons for someone else. And that's when I started to actually begin the practice. And it really became, it really became, it was sort of the cart before the horse because people were already asking me and I didn't know. And I just didn't know. So I did the formal steps to take the formal steps. That's a great sign though. It, it, that, there's a gift inside you if, if people are asking you for it. And, and it's hard for people to recognize that when they're, you know, oh, I want to start a business or I want to make an online class or, or I want to start a podcast. And like, 
I don't have any idea. Well, what do people ask you about, right? Mm -hmm. and, and what have people asked you for? And mm -hmm. and those are, are great places within you to, to realize what your gift really is. And so yeah. that's really exciting to, to and when I And when I launched, you know, I, I, I was with, um, I, I was taking, you know, it was with some other, um, I hired some business coaches. So I had five or six of us in our course at that time. And I kept talking about, you know, what's the workshop you're going to sell? What's this thing you're going to sell? What you're and I didn't know. I didn't. And I launched without one. Um, I really did. I just was like, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know who I am. So I'm going to keep talking about the experience that I've had. And that was the, that was actually the, the driving force. So that's what brought in the private clients. So I think what I, you know, what I share with, with your audience is that, um, when you begin, it's okay if you don't have all the answers. They will come. And and you know, now here I am three years in and I've shifted. I have absolutely pivoted. You know, now I've added um book uh, writing coaching. You know, I, I brought I put a book together last year in, in 2020, and I never thought myself to be a writing coach. That was not something that I was set up to do. When the book came together, I ended up having 15 authors come on board. I actually turned 10 away. And it was some of my authors that came back afterwards because during the process, I was helping them to craft their messages. But I was doing that for, for my selfish place. I was doing that from a, hey, I want this to look a certain way, right? And it was they, when they started coming back to me and said, we want to do our own projects and we'd like to work with you as, as our coach. It wasn't, again, it wasn't something I had set up to, to do. Again, it just, it came to me. So when I say magic, the, I know that that's probably outside the scope of what, what most people may say of this is the, the line of what you want to follow. Well, I think there's definitely an alignment with the universe and there's definitely a, a magic to to being aligned with the universe to, with god and and recognizing that you know at a at a point you can you can become a vessel and 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 these ideas just you become an idea generating machine because you're connected to the right source and 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 when you find the ideas that are in alignment with your purpose there's no way that you know those you just have to get you just have to get out of your way right absolutely right? you know the um the first panel i spoke on um this was back in 20 2019 beginning of 2019 um we moved here i think we moved here at the very end of 2017 2018 was my year of sort of healing and i met someone along the way who invited me to speak on this panel and i show up that morning and she said oh we actually had you scheduled for the other panel that's in two weeks. However, we've already advertised that you're here and you're here. So go ahead and sit down and you know, sit on the panel and add your contribution. Sure, absolutely. I'm here. Why not? And I had a woman to, to set two people over for me. And every time she spoke, I, I just was like, soaking this in. I, everything she said just made so much sense to me. And it just it was vibrating. And every time I spoke, I could see her lean forward and ask me, you know, and just was into what I was sharing too. 
And she had a stack of books, like she'd been doing this for a while, right? And we ended up chatting afterwards. I, I, I made it a point. I was like, I need to know who this woman is. It turned out that it was Cynthia James. And I don't know if that is a name that resonates with you. Do you know Cynthia? I'm not sure. No, I don't think so. So Cynthia had been the former minister at the spiritual community center that I attend. Oh. Years before I had ever moved to Colorado, has a massive international following. She is not a woman that's just like, you know, out there doing her thing. Um, her first husband was an international recording artist. Um, she and she's very, very well known in the communities that she serves. I didn't know who that was. I just was again, we were resonating. We are on the same frequency of message. And it was, that was a confirmation for me that I was following. I was following the path I was meant to be on. Because I didn't, there was still a piece of me that was lacking some confidence in earnest. You know, I was still relatively new. I had, I think, a client at that point. It was three weeks, three months into into starting. And I had one paying client because I had a couple that had, that I, you know, I'd taken on as volunteers to kind of hone my skills. And so I was like, I don't know, am I really in the right place? And when I, when I, when I recognized who she was later on, I was like, okay, I am supposed to be here. Yeah. Nice. So obviously you just mentioned kind of the imposter voice, mm. um, the, the mindset, the, the liar in our head. Um, what's helped you? with that besides confirmation from um yeah so that one still comes up that's not going to be something that goes away that something that hasn't gone away for me yet um in fact i was even playing with that this morning um <laughs> mine are more in spiritual practice than anything so it's really recognizing what's behind that voice so when I start to go down that point, point of the imposter, um, I have to kind of realign to my base, recognizing who I actually am. So meditation has been very helpful. Um, a, a regular yoga practice, which I go in and out of, which I'm not super regular about, but when I am in regular practice, that, that again, it realigns me, brings me back to my center. Journaling. So I have this great practice. This is actually a practice I use with my clients as well. Um, and this uh, big part can be around anger. So this is just an example of anger. So one of the things that I will do, and this is something that I also can give to my clients, is I sit for 15 minutes and think about the, the angry thoughts. Just think about the angry thoughts for 15 minutes, which is really hard because you're like beating yourself up. And you can, if you're really attuned, like I can feel it in my body. Right. And after that 15 minutes, I journal all the antithesis, all the positives. What's the confirmation that I've actually done well? Whatever I, where can I improve? Where can I see this differently? How can I show up differently in the situation so that it's not getting me alive? And it, that can take hours. Uh, it's in a free form, right? As long as you need it until you've worked it out and you can take breaks in the process. And when you're done, with whatever you've written for, even if you've written for 15 minutes and you know there's more, at the end of that 15 minutes, actually taking a little bit of Himalayan salt and putting it on, the lower, on your lower back 
and then um, a little bit of hot water to wipe it off and a little bit of olive oil because your physical body, that is a release point, your lower back, your kidneys. So when you do that, you've released all of that anger out of your system. So it's no longer trapped in your body because we know that when we trap our emotional pieces into our physical body, that can cause physical pain. So this is a way where you release it and that, that salt is a is a, just a cleansing spot, cleansing space. And then the olive oil is a sealer, a sealant to help remove that from your, from your being. And it's really just about being gentle with yourself and recognizing. So that's, that's an anchor piece, but like, again, I could take that with any other, other component. Um, really taking time for gratitude too. And I, that's something that I also work with my clients on. The journaling is a big part of it is waking up in the morning and writing down five things that you're happy that you're grateful for. Because that will start to shift your mindset from the negative to recognizing, oh, I do have this. Oh, I have accomplished this. Oh, well, maybe today is going to be a rough day, and that's okay. We aren't supposed to be perfect and amazing every day. <laughs> Recognize everything you have accomplished and everything you have in your life. I have a roof over my head. I can pay my bills. I, I have good, I'm healthy. My child is healthy. I mean, these are little things that we tend to overlook because it's just part of daily routine. We have clean drinking water. Mm. I have a car that I, I have a reliable vehicle that I can drive. I mean, these are these are all things that we could actually be grateful for. We live, you and I get to get to live in Colorado where it's sunny most days of the year. I can go outside and bask in the sun for 15 minutes because it feels good. I can go take my feet, take my shoes off and go stand in the grass for 15 minutes because it feels really good. Those are things that you can do to start. That I, I, those are things that I use to shift out of my imposter, to say, oh, wait, no, I've done this. I have done this. Sometimes it's been hard. I'm not going to say that it's been a pretty journey. It hasn't. Um, there have been many, many tears along the way. Um, in fact, this past year and a half and has been incredibly challenging, not so much from the business aspect, but from a personal aspect from my personal life um and it's again reattuning rest in your laurels you don't always have to create something new because <laughs> we do that i don't know about you but uh, you know, from from your vantage point like we we're creative beings and we want to constantly create 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 because once you start like when and we mentioned it mentioned this earlier like i didn't when i started i didn't have a program now i've got like I've only launched like three or four, but I have about three dozen <laughs> behind the scenes that I haven't officially done anything with. And there's a part of me that beats myself up and saying, I need to do more. And that's where that comes back to like, no, I've done a lot. Stay here, stay in this lane a little while longer. You will get a cue when it's time to shift. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So you mentioned challenges. What, what's been the biggest challenge of being a single mom and starting your, growing your business? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a lot of what I end up talking about are my own. What, I end up, what shows up for my clients is my own stuff. And I remember when my first coach told me that. I was like, no, 
because I came in with a, I was a head case. I mean, I was, you know, I was like, who's ever going to listen to me? I've got nothing, right? And I, I remember coming in and like, I said those words. And when he said to me, Justin, every time you share, it is another layer for me because you're showing up with my stuff. And I was like, it just, it struck me until I started to see that in my clients. Um, and that can be very challenging um, because if I'm in the, if I'm not grounded in my being and recognizing, even though my client is showing up to work on their stuff and it's hitting me in a place where I feel weak or I feel lack of confidence or I feel my not enoughness coming through it can hit me very hard. So it's very important for me to be grounded in my own space before I can actually be available for someone else's. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned coaches. Um, what other ways have mentors been valuable to your growth? Oh, so many. <laughs> um, when I worked with my first coach, um, I'm going to tell a little, little backstory. Sure. So we moved out here, as I said, I think 20, end of 2017, I think was when we came out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or no, 2018. I don't, yeah, 2018. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We came out for, for a family trip about a year before we decided to move. And we had gone to Platt Park um, on a Sunday. Um, my husband wanted to take me to a restaurant on the street that he had known because he'd been out here several times in the winter chasing powder. So we stopped at Platt Park on a Sunday midday, um, right before we were leaving on, um, to go back east from our initial, do we want to live here trip? And we stumbled upon a farmer's market. I didn't know the Platt Park had a massive farmer's market that happens every Sunday throughout the fall, you know, spring, summer, and fall. We didn't know that. I just remember walking around and saying, wow, people are really happy here. I want more of that. That was my, mem- that was my first memory of Platt Park. Um, we moved here. And weeks before I had actually filed for divorce, we were, we were on that same street. And my son stopped at this particular building and was like, Daddy, what is this? And it was a divorce attorney's office. <laughs> and my son asked what that place was. And my, his dad answered him and said, I, I don't think we'll ever have to use that. And precursor. Um, but again, it's on the same block. Then I filed for divorce. Then I am utterly lost. I don't know which way is up. But something, something told me to start dating because I thought that was a good idea. And actually, that's how I found my coach on a dating website, not in the most traditional ways. Fair enough. And when we met, um, we met, I actually made an appointment to see him from a coaching perspective. And his office was on that same street and that same block, same block. It wasn't like it wasn't you know, streets over. It was in the same block. And I walked, and I remember that first session. I was there for maybe half an hour. And he 
he put me into his, his methods called the journey methods where you close your eyes in your somatic practice. And I closed my eyes and I, I went through this practice and I felt cemented to my chair. I could not move. Now physically I probably could have, but I didn't feel like I actually could. And he brought me back out of that sort of trance state. And I, I, don't even know that I asked him what that was. I was just like, I just knew at that moment we were going to work together. And we ended up working together for six months. And we, the amount of work that I worked through was massive. I went from a place for most of my life, having struggled with anxiety and depression to waking up in the morning with clarity in my body clarity in my head like you know we wake up in the morning and we're running through all the things that we got to do for the day and mm-hmm. i didn't do this so i did, couldn't didn't sleep last night because i forgot i need to write this down i gotta get my kid here i gotta do that i gotta get the checklist of things that went away and i didn't know i just didn't know how that happened i couldn't explain it i just knew that it felt so light and it felt so good so he was a massive mm-hmm. massive person that helped shift me because we went through some really heavy removal of who I was being, getting out of my head and getting into my heart, getting into my being. And that shift shifted how I was living day in and day out. So he was the first one. He then introduced me to the spiritual center that I now attend. And it wasn't a, um, it was he was talking about some of the speakers that show up for the for at the at the event. He was you know, he was like, oh, Deepak Chopra was just in town like three weeks ago. I was like, oh, right, because that's just normal for him. It was right, and this for me, it was like mind blowing. And I moved. I lived in New York City in my twenties. I was like, what do you mean, Deepak was just like Denver? Um, so I I got curious, and I and I went up and I checked it out, and the first time I walked into this building, my heart was exploding. Mm-hmm. the joy and it just and it felt good and so I just kept taking steps it felt good one after the other after the other and that's and so that was massive getting involved in the startup community and being willing to take different angles on projects that were common when I say that, and that goes back to the entrepreneurial spirit of there's a rope way that we typically follow like the path. We have these standard business practices and standard business plans because this is what the bank wants to see for checklists. That wasn't what the entrepreneurial spirit in this group was about. It was like, how do we look at it from this way, this way, this way, this way, this way? And lighting up that creative invigorated me so much but I just want to, again, want to lean in. So having asked, having access to that and then being applauded for that because at the end of the, that two, it was a two week event that I was part of. I was then asked to be part of two, two startups, not one, but two, two different entrepreneurs were like, well, we, we want you to work with us because we want, we want your, your juice, you know? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? So again, it was just um, ultimately I think what it comes down to, there's one common thread is just being open without expectation. 
any outcome. And that thread continues all is a continuous stream. It, it's something that I get away from. And it's something I see people get away from all the time. It's very easy. We fall back into this way of being that, oh, if we do this, we're going to get this outcome. If we do this, we expect to have this. But when we actually let that go, we leave space. We're quite a bit better. Because ultimately, we are put in this place to have best, the best life possible. You asked me at the beginning, I think the question is really like, what is it, how's it been to, to be a single mom starting this, starting businesses? It has been the best and most challenging thing ever. Because I get to show my son what it means to, to stand up on your own and you don't need anyone else's support as long as you believe in you. And that's a really, that's huge. Um, it's a confidence builder for me continually. But it is challenging. And like, I just took two months off of social media to cancel. I have a, I actually have a weekly TV show. I canceled that for two months. I canceled all my client contracts for two months because I was burnt out. I was no longer a vessel. I was giving from an empty cup because I, I, I had everything I've just said to you. I closed up. I came to a place where I was expecting outcomes. And I had to take a, a massive step back because here I am. If I'm expecting my clients to show up this way and show up for themselves, I didn't do that too. So I had to take some time off I, because I wasn't present with my son. I wasn't present to anything. I was just in um, a rote way of being. I was in my doing mode and not my being mode. I'd forgotten what it was like to play. And I had to go back to play. That's really challenging when we we have to set goals or, or the idea that, you know, dream bigger, have this outcome, and yet let go of the outcome in the process and focus on yeah. the process. Yeah. Well, and I'm just curious. Do you follow, are there any um, anyone out there that you follow as far as from entrepreneurs or, or business philosophies or. Um, I mean, I'm a big John Maxwell fan. Um, and obviously his teaching is, is for, you know, all business, you know, business leadership. Um, but because he transitioned from ministry to business teaching, that's kind of how I followed that transition myself. And so, um, but, you know, on the entrepreneur side, huge Seth Godin, fan and uh you know seth's marketing and just seth's ideas are you know his daily he has a daily email um and it's just so thought-provoking um and so i definitely inspired by by him but obviously there's there's many many others <laughs> and yeah. so yeah it's uh it's a big, it's a big, big world with lots of, lots of opportunity. And uh, I'm a huge Wallace D. Waddles and uh, science of getting rich. And then, you know, Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich um, because they both touch on that connection to the infinite. And, um, and even though they were written hundreds of years ago, <laughs> they're still so accurate in, you know, th their language isn't descriptive in the way we would describe those connections today. 
Um, and some people push those ideas away, you know, but for me, the spiritual side of, of money, the spiritual side of business is definitely very real and, and recognizing the flow of ideas, the flow of money, the flow of energy, um, all plays together in, in building a business and, and doing basically presenting your gift to the world. And that's what I believe entrepreneur, all of us were given a gift inside of us to serve humanity in some way. And whether that's, you know, an ability as a plumber or a mechanic or, you know, the gift of, of empathy and understanding that a coach can bring I me mean, and just all of those things were put inside of us to serve other people. And if, you know, to be our very best self, we mm-hmm. got to find a way to put that out in the world and, and help other people. So when people are helping people, that's the ultimate entrepreneurial journey. Um, and when those are all in alignment, yeah, good things are going to happen regardless of your plans for the outcome. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's the challenge. We want to have a goal that's a motivator and guider, but you got to <laughs> let go of the goal and focus on the process and trust the process is going to give you better outcomes than you could ever, ever expect. Mm-hmm. So letting go of the outcome is, is one of those really hard things to do because it's the opposite of everything we're it's raised. opposite of everything we've been scripted to know. Absolutely. It's everything we've been scripted to what life is supposed to be. You work, you get paid. You work, you get paid. You work, you get paid. Now I'm working and wait, I'm supposed to let go of getting paid, except trust that I'm going to be compensated in so much other ways. Yeah. Well, it's, um, so it's, and it's something that like, if you start to take a, like a timeline back, right. Um, and recognize when that's actually happened. Right. Oh, so yeah. for one of the big things I, when, while we owned these two but, um, cycling businesses in Pennsylvania, I actually worked full time as well. Um, and I was at a director level and I was making probably the best salary I'd ever made. And I worked three hours a day. <laughs> I mean, I was in the office. Sometimes I was, I spent a lot of time in the, in the field. Um, I had to drive out to, to facilities to visit my hospitals um, and, my, and my territory. But I worked maybe three hours a day. There was my proof. It's entirely possible. And every time I start to work harder, I actually am going against the flow. We're not meant to work hard. We're meant to work intelligently and in alignment with who we are, especially as women, even more so as women, because we're meant to really, we are meant to just sort of sink back and receive, but all of us are. Sure. You know, and I, so one of the, and the reason I asked you that question, I know I'm not interview, I'm not the interviewer today. Um, so one of the people I follow is Gary Vee. I don't follow many people. And in fact, I don't follow him very often. And I think part of the reason I actually follow him is I, I actually went to high school, we went to high school together. Wow. So I, I can tell, I can, you know, there are times where he's like so intense and it's too much, but I also know that where the F-bombs come from. (laughs) I know. Um, But one of the things that he says frequently, and and I hadn't picked up on it, yeah, pick up and then forget about it. He's like, don't focus on money. Because if you focus on the money, then you're not focusing on the right thing. That's what's going to burn you out. If you focus on your passion and what you want to bring forward, that's where the longevity comes from. Because this stuff can be challenging. There are days that you want to, I will tell you, there are days that I've wanted to give up 
There are days that I've been on my knees and like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And they come and then the imposter comes and then the anger comes and the grief comes. And then I recognize that that's going to go because ultimately I am doing things. I'm producing something that I'm so proud of. And in fact, you can't see. I'm going to actually give. I know here. Oh well, are you are you filming the uh, video as well? Yep. Okay. Well, here I'm going to. Okay, so I'm going to do this really quick. I know this is a really great way to do this, but um, this is a quote that I came across right about the same time I followed for my LLC, and it's behind me, so that's a really good place where I don't see it. But it's it's. Uh, I wanted to share this. It's it's finding your passion isn't just about careers and money. It's about finding your authentic self, the one that you buried beneath other people's needs. Mm. So and great. I thought that was really appropriate to share right now because I think we're kind of talking about that. It's who are we and what makes us feel alive? Because what makes us feel alive is what people are, it's, it's going to attract people in. When we are happy, we vibrate at a higher frequency. Mm. When we vibrate at a higher frequency, we invite more opportunities to come into place. Absolutely. And we and it, so it's again, it's not tying stuff to the outcome. An example of this. In my first season, my first podcast, um, I had a, some guests come on who um, they created um, their legging company. They have some like they created leggings. And they actually print photographs on their leggings. They're based in Colorado. And wow. all of the, so they're all like, you know, it's like Red Rocks, um, Marin Bells, um, downtown, just various points. And now they're expanding outside of Colorado into Wyoming, some other states. Anyway, I had them on not once, but twice in my first season because they were just such a great pair to talk to. Their energy and their enthusiasm for their work was just out of the out of this world. They actually, you know, they um, got themselves into Whole Foods, which is pretty darn hard to sure. do. And when Whole Foods came back to them and, and changed their uh, payment plan, they, they walked. They left. They walked away from Whole Foods because they believed in themselves. Nice. They, were doing, they were doing phenomenally in their business. And that, that's all well and good, right? Because they're, they're focused on what they, what they love. I was so impressed by them. They invited me to come up to their workshop to see how they create, every, create their leggings. Um, they then invited me to be a model <laughs> for their leggings. And this was just out of passion. It wasn't, I wasn't going after trying to, to achieve anything. It wasn't me trying to like, no, it was just like the first pair um, I was gifted um, because a third person that, that introduced me to them, um, I had helped that person with their website just because I was like, hey, I don't get what your website is all about. If you shift these things, see what happens. And and he did, and as a thank you, he sent me a pair of leggings. Then I met the couple. Hmm. And then, but again, it was just like, it's about being open to it. Yep, absolutely. And just and just continue to say yes to the things that feel good and say no to the things that don't feel good. Huh. So good. Nice. So what <laughs> inspires you? What inspires me? Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Right now, I, I'll be honest, I'm having a hard time being inspired. And that's not because people aren't inspiring. It's because I'm still coming through my own burnout, personally. Um, 
Okay, here's one. So you and I were just chatting before we got before we started to go before we left. I knew you'd. Um, I was we were introduced through a, a mutual person that we know here in Colorado, Dennis. And Dennis, all of I think two months ago, um, he he had recognized for himself that he didn't he was not aligned with where he was living. He lived here in Colorado, but was always finding himself flying out to Mexico because he felt more alive in Mexico. So he uprooted his life, sold everything, and moved to Mexico. And I think that's really inspiring because we're going, again, he decided to, to take what the, was supposed to be the square way of life and said, no, I'm going to go live my life on my terms. So that has really inspired me and in saying, okay, where am I, where can I take more of that from me? How does that look like a line for me? Um, it's interesting though, because juxtaposed to that, someone else who I, who I actually met through Dennis um, just finished a five month cross country tour. Um, he sold all the stuff, all his possessions, bought an RV, and drove across country for five months because he was feeling lost. And he's like, I don't know where my next place is going to be. I need to be inspired and I need to be in nature. And I can't be in this big metropolis of Los Angeles where I am or because I can't think and my creative, my creative spirit is blocked. And I just up and shifted. So I think it's like what I think that the, the common denominator there is like removing all the weight because we can get very easily anchored into our daily grind and they remove the weight and said, I'm going to go try this boldly. Hmm. And I think that's really inspiring. All right. So speaking of boldly, what's Jocelyn's big dream? Ultimately my big dream right now is I love to actually own um, a retreat center. I want to have a women's retreat center. And I'd love to, to host events there a few times a year. Actually, I want to have a few retreat centers. I do want one, want one here in Colorado, and I'd love to have a couple. I don't know quite where. I, I talked about at one point I was thinking about New York, but New York doesn't feel aligned for me any longer. So it will probably be somewhere in South America. Um, but I'd love to have a few retreat centers where I can have regular retreats, maybe five a year, maybe 15 people per really small, really intimate gatherings, and just have a relaxed life where women can come in who are anxious, who feel don't feel worthy, don't feel that they belong or loved, and walk away with a community, walk away with knowing who they are. Because when we return to this, when we return to our love, that's how we shine. Mm -hmm. So that's my dream. Nice. All right. So one of those ladies is sitting across from you and and looking for inspiration. What what are Jocelyn's words of wisdom? It's time to move from misery to self mastery. Hmm. You have it within you. Nice, Jocelyn. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I really appreciate the time. It's such a fun, it's been such a fun joy. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe. We have a free gift for you at addvalue2entrepreneurs.com. 
we've created a collection of the top tips that have been shared on our show for entrepreneurs. Do you struggle with procrastination, putting off the work until the last minute? Well, you are not alone. Many of our clients start there. We are launching a new five-day challenge to help you take more action and make more money in your business. Each day is a 10-minute video lesson and a worksheet. If you take 15 to 30 minutes to do the worksheet, it will change your life and business and exponentially increase the amount of work you get done each day. Right now, it is only $27 and contains five of our best tools for helping you move forward. It can be found at addvalue2life.com slash action. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.